Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, we're long tossing here on a Sunday on this third day here at Nationals Park. Steven Strom, Kyle Seeloff, Kelly Sacco. The morale has shifted. We are feeling good here on this Sunday. The Marlins have won three in a row. They're going for their third sweep of the Washington Nationals and their first uh, in four games. They're a game out of the National League wildcard as we record here on this afternoon. They could possibly be in the playoffs on Monday morning whenever you listen to this. But Guys, it has just been a 180 uh, since we got on that plane. We had that little scare. You know, Kyle said on the bus, you better watch out. The fish are here. We made it. And boy, have they ever been absolutely sensational to watch these last three days. They've been a lot of fun. It, re- it really has. It's been really nice to just see them playing the type of baseball that they were playing in the first half. And they went through their rut. And, you know, teams are going to go through those struggles throughout the course of a season. And to see them finally get themselves out of it, they're getting hot at the right time, yep. too. So it's been a lot of fun to watch. I think it's the perfect time for them to get hot. If they could take care of business here today, get that four-game sweep, they'd be perfect here in D.C., go home into that off day feeling good and then ready to go against a really tough homestand that we have coming up against the L.A. Dodgers. Kyle, what's resonated for you this weekend? Well, I think they're taking advantage of a team that's not playing well. I do hope that they're on the other side of their second-half struggles. And if they are, and they can really kick it into a different gear here in the final three-and-a-half, four weeks, they're going to have an outstanding chance to make the playoffs. They've already picked up two games in the last two days, which is certainly encouraging to see. I mean, anything can happen over the next month. You know, we're going to wrap this thing up on October 1st. There's still a lot of baseball left to be played. The Marlins playing their 137th game of the season here today. They are back to doing the little things right. Yep. Um, you know, I, I don't say this to caution people, but, you know, Sandy Alcantara could be really good today. And, again, it's another step up in weight class coming up, right? It's the Dodgers, it's the Phillies, it's the Brewers, and it's the Braves. So the Marlins have taken care of business already this weekend in Washington. You never want to get greedy, but it would be great to see them sweep a four-game series, especially when you have your ace on the mound. And, you know, this – and that, not to look too far ahead – but now you're going to line up presumably Alcantara, Cueto, and Yuri in no particular order next weekend in Philadelphia. That could potentially be a really big series. You know, if the if the Phillies, you know, Marlins win a couple of games, they win a game or two against the Dodgers, Phillies lose a couple of games. You know, I've said this multiple times. Look at the National League wildcard standings. Don't just, try to, don't just try to catch the team in front of you. Yep. You know, the Marlins are five and a half back of the Phillies. You know, There's and, 26 left. I mean, anything can happen. Well, and they've had a lot of success against Philadelphia. So if the Marlins can win today, maybe win a game or two against the Dodgers, 
And then the, what if the Phillies find themselves in a little bit of a rut? And, you yeah. know, you go into next weekend series, maybe three and a half games back, right? Like, right. don't just look at Arizona, San Francisco, and Cincinnati. Look at the Cubs and Philly. You know, make the task a little more daunting. Really try to put it into a different gear and try to make up four and a half games instead of just one. And then you're going to really find yourself in a good position when it's all said and done. And the mess, go ahead, Scaly. I'm sorry. And also they're playing the Milwaukee Brewers for what? It's four, four. seven games? Yeah. Four three. first yep. in Milwaukee and then three back Great at home. Point. I think those are the last three. And it, Milwaukee, they're they're not too far ahead of the Cubs there in their division lead as well. So there are definitely a lot of teams that looking forward, they, if they can't take care of business, they can find their way into this wild card race and into our postseason. I just want to say like how fun this is, you know, and, and I'm not, I don't want to be like, oh, whatever, but kind of I do because Whatever happens, this is so fun to be in the thick of things in September. I know it's the first time in a while for you guys that you've experienced this season one for me. But to be a part of this, it's so much fun to be able to look at the wild card standings. Kelly, you had mentioned the Brewers. Look at the NL Central between the Reds, the Cubs, and the Brewers. They're jostling back and forth. But to be a part of this um, has been so much fun. And I want to segue into what we've seen this weekend. And the same way like Ohio State gives out those little things on their helmets. I want to give away stars. Those are called Buckeyes, Steve. Buckeyes, okay. I want to (laughs) give away stars for each one of you guys. I want to give you – give me a player that has stuck out, and I'm going to start here. Yeah, why don't you start, Steve? I'm going to start here, okay? Yeah. And it goes to Garrett Hampson Mm. for me. I think this team needed some sort of a spark – he is a guy that does the little things right. He was rewarded on Saturday with the big two-run home run in the 11th inning. He goes two for four on Friday, two for five on Saturday, 0 for four yesterday, had the sack fly. But I think for the Marlins, they kind of needed a shot in the arm, and I thought Garrett Hampson could be that guy. Uh, he has played multiple positions, third, short, moved into center, I think, yesterday. Uh, with defensive changes. But I think for a guy like Garrett Hampson to be able to kind of step into this lineup and uh, just provide something, right? The, the Marlins offense was really struggling before we came here to D.C. I think they've played it 25 runs. Let me just make sure that that is correct here. 25 runs over the last three games. Um, you know, I know he didn't have a hit yesterday, but for Garrett Hampson i got to give him a shout-out. He gets a – if it's not a Buckeye, what are we calling it? I don't know. I guess he gets the a Marlin sticker. He gets a Marlin sticker from Steven. All right. Um, I guess I'll go next. And you know what? I'm going to go with there's, – there's a lot of guys from this, this weekend that you could really give a star to, a little helmet star yeah. to. I'm going to go with Luis Arias. He mm. has gone through a lot of struggles as of recently. There was so much attention on him to start the season with chasing 500. That's a lot of outside pressure. And then his batting average falling the way it did through the struggles that he had in August. For a guy that we have seen from day one, he's always been through the struggles, through the success that he's had. He's always just been the same guy. Yep. And that is hard to do. He has maintained that positive attitude. He has maintained that team first mentality humbleness that humbleness and to be able to play through all the injuries that he's gone through he's been really banged up from day one I had been saying the first couple months of the season like this guy's hitting above 400 and he's doing it with nine fingers so he's been he's been phenomenal and it's the first time we've seen him hit multi have multi-hit games and back to back to back games 
in a long time. So I, I give it to Luis Arise. He had a four-hit game last night. He has been fantastic. That's a guy you need to get hot down the stretch. Mm. And it, this is this is a good time to see him turn it on. And I will go with Jazz. He has scored and plated 20% of the Marlins' runs this weekend. He's been on base eight times. I think he's played a very, very nice center field. Mm, a um, big catch on Saturday. Look, there are utility guys. There are players that can give the Marlins a shot in the arm. Xavier Edwards is going to be one of those guys. Garrett Hampson is going to be one of those guys. But you also, at some point, need to saddle up on some thoroughbreds and get you down the final three and a half weeks. And that's the bottom line. You can't rely on, like, you know, the the – the, the shock in the arm type guys. You know, to me, Luis Arise needs to stay hot. Josh Bell needs to keep doing what he's been doing. Jake Berger's had a really nice weekend. Jazz has got to be productive for the final month. He's had a fabulous weekend. Brian De La Cruz and Jesus Sanchez have got to put together really good at-bats. Yep. And all those guys combined have an opportunity to kind of get this team to where they ultimately want to go. For me this weekend, I think Jazz has had a great weekend. He did have a... a a little bit of a mental lapse yesterday. The pop fly, he was ticked off, and it was not caught by Abrams. He should have been standing on second base after I went back last night and took a look at that. Um, so you know, I'm sure he'll be spoken to about that. But for me, Jazz has had a great weekend. He's 5 for 14 at the plate. He's been on base eight times again. He's played to 20% of the team's runs this weekend. That's... That's just a massive, massive guy that the Marlins have got to lean on down the stretch because even if he... Bunts for base hit, he can turn that bunt single into a double and then a triple with his ability to steal bases. So um, I like what I've seen out of Jazz, and they really need a big final three and a half weeks from him. It's wild to think the 180 that we have encountered this week because we could have done a podcast for two hours on everything that went wrong in this second half, and we can now do a two-hour podcast, which we won't. Uh, well, I, I, I do agree with you, but the Nationals are not I as know. good as some of these other teams I, but coming I know. up. They just beat them three out of four. I, I mean – you know, they had just come off a series where the Nationals really handed it to them. They were playing really good baseball. I know you look at the record, Kyle, I get it, but they were playing really good baseball in the second half. I don't want to take away from, from that with Miami. You have to, too, and I get what Kyle's saying. We are going up a weight class when you're going to play the Dodgers and the Phillies and the Brewers here coming up. But I go back to what I said in the first half. The Marlins didn't used to take care of business against bad teams. Yeah. They used to these type of series. We weren't talking coming into Sunday about a potential four-game sweep. We were talking about, oh, the Marlins really wasting an opportunity against a team that has struggled and isn't at the same caliber as some of the better teams in the league. This is where, yes, I understand what you're saying in the sense that these are the teams you're trying, you're, you need to beat, but they are beating them, and they're beating mm -hmm. them handily. So that's where I see the biggest shift from past seasons to this one yep. is them taking care of business. And then, if, you know, Stephen mentioned with the Nationals just a few days ago, taking two of three, the Nationals got hot. They did. They got hot in the second half, and the Marlins caught them in the midst of that. So for them to put an end of their hot streak here, I think it could potentially really just start to get things going, and especially in the confidence department too. And the Marlins have abused some bad pitching this weekend. Again, starting on Tuesday, we're going to see Clayton Kershaw, Lance Lynn, and Julio Arias. Yep. I'm just very curious to see if the Mar – you know, and I, I will but say this too, is, as much as we talk about some of the positives this weekend, when you start to play a team like the Dodgers, the Marlins have failed three different times this weekend to get a bunt down. Right. right? So that's going to have to change when you play a team like Los right. Angeles. You have to be perfect – 
within reason in these final three and a half weeks. It is an awesome opportunity that this ball club has. I am super excited to watch them play some of the best teams in all of baseball. The Marlins have the arms to win games. Can the offense support them these next two to three weeks? I want to rebuttal real quick, Kyle, just because I know that you've been kind of hitting home on you know the, the Marlins beating teams like the Nationals. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget in L.A., I mean – if, if, if. But the Marlins should have probably won two out of three. Should have, right, but they yeah. didn't do but the little things right. right. Correct, correct. But it's not like this is another weight class. Like the Marlins have really struggled against uh, – they kicked their butt on that Friday night against Gonsolin, and they should have won with Yuri's start. It was a late uh, blown – it wasn't a blown save, but the eighth inning with David Robertson. You look back on that series, Marlins should have won two out of three. And then against the Phillies, Kyle, they're five and five. So I, I, I get what you're saying. I think the Braves are in a class of their own. I think the Dodgers, if you look on paper, they're better than the Marlins. But mm-hmm. this isn't like the Marlins have completely folded and have gotten blown out in those games. No, That's no, all they, I'll have say. no they, they have to prove they that have... they can beat them. They, they proved they were unable to beat them, and the Dodgers took advantage of doing the little things right Correct. and better pitching in that series. So that's why I'm saying I, it's very exciting for them to get this opportunity again so very quickly. And you can't rely on, okay, we're going to outslug them. It has to go back to the type of baseball they're playing the first half. You have to – the first half, the Marlins won games in a million different ways because they were doing the little things correctly. You got to get the bunt down. You got to move guys over. You got to run it out. You got to run out a pop-up. You've got to play hard, and you've got to play smart baseball to beat those teams. Now, granted, let's see. Did they learn from that series and say, hey – we, we hung in there, and we lost because we didn't do the little things right. Let's make that adjustment moving forward. We're going to see. We're going to find out together. And here's, ahead, here's another thing, too. I think it's very, very important for anybody listening. It may sound like I'm being extremely critical, and I think to an extent I am, but I promise you the, the way I'm explaining this is the same exact sense of urgency that every – Remember that coaching staff, the manager, and the players feel down there. They know they have been fortunate a couple of times this weekend. They've taken advantage of a pretty darn bad Nationals pitching staff at times this season. But they understand the urgency and the importance to be perfect within reason down the stretch. And if they can be, if they can win more games than they lose down the stretch this season, the Marlins have a really, really good chance because of the other teams in the wild card race they are going to be beating up on each other to make the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. And again, I'm very excited to watch this upcoming two-week stretch. To me, it's the Dodgers and it's the Braves right atop. Or, you know, not in any particular order. The Braves are better than the Dodgers. And the Braves have actually taken the first two to three games in that series out in Los Angeles this weekend. But the Marlins have a great opportunity coming up. I'm very excited to watch them. I'm going to throw it right back to you guys because I do have a question. And this is, I think, the big one going into September is you don't have you have a couple of guys that have been there in the postseason but for the majority this is the first time really playing meaningful September games Skip has talked about treating every game the same since the beginning of the year do you guys believe that or do you guys believe that I mean it just does inherently change when these games get bigger and bigger I spoke to Skip about this so it's funny that you brought this up I asked him about that the other day he goes This is why our message has stayed the same through spring training. Because when you get to this point, 
nothing's changed. The pressure isn't all of a sudden amplified. The message isn't all of a sudden different. Like, oh, no, we're in September, guys. This matters and this matters. No, they've been hearing the same exact message and been trying to play the same exact type of baseball since spring training. And that's something that Skip said. In organizations, you want that type of mentality to start from the bottom up. And I'm talking minor leagues up through the major league. So everybody knows what the mindset is from day one. So when it comes to September, to the games that are meaningful and you're making that playoff push, you're just focused on doing the same thing that you've been doing since day one. Now, granted, I did bring that up and said, okay, yeah, but but the first time you're doing it, there's still a little bit something to that. Of course, that's why you have guys who have done it. Like Yuli Gurriel, we've right. heard Skip sp- speak so much about Yuli and his leadership abilities. No, he's not a guy who's out there every single day, but you know what he is doing every day? He's talking to the players every day and telling them, hey, this is what it takes to win championships. He's done it twice. This is how you do it. And having the guys who have gone through that being mentors – to the younger guys, that helps them through through as well. Now, of course, you always turn around and say, worst comes to worst, Marlins don't make it. Next year, you're all set up for a little bit more success, one would think. And, and Skip has said this too. He said, well, it's my first year managing. One would think after one year under my belt, next year would hopefully be better. So that's the way you pretty much look at it. You say you, you try your best from day one from spring training to say this is a message and have the faith that it's going to stick and that's going to help you prepare for the days that matter. Didn't Gurriel say something in the beginning of the year like we're making oh, the yeah. playoffs? From day one. He did. literally okay. talked to everyone in that clubhouse since day one. And and remember, he was he was a late addition. Our last couple weeks maybe of spring training was when he joined the team. But he said, hey, we're playing, we're playing baseball in October. We're playing baseball in October. I was just like, oh, okay. And he's like, no, we are play. You have to have the mentality right now in March that we are playing baseball in October and you need to prepare that way. And if the Marlins want to play October baseball, I'll throw it to Kyle now. Sandy Alcantara, it, it, he, I, again, we were kind of talking about this before. It hasn't been great. It hasn't been good. I think he needs to sharpen up here and I feel like this is a really nice starting point for Sandy to get back on track today because, again, Marlins want to make the postseason. This guy needs to be at its best. Mm-hmm. And the Nationals are going to run – Seven lefties up there, including a couple switch hitters. Um, back quickly to what Kelly was Go. talking about. That the mentality, I think it's awesome that Skip like drilled that home to them in March. Now, the one thing that I just personally think, and this is just my opinion on it, these guys that have never been in this situation, they're going to look at their phones here in the next couple yep. of weeks. And in those final two to three weeks, <laughs> to me, I can only imagine – these guys, you know, these professional athletes are in a different class, and there's very little that will phase them within reason. But I do think you'll see guys just get a little bit tighter, you know. And that, I, to me, that's only human nature that, holy cow, I've never been in this position. This franchise has not been in this position. I do think guys burden some of that responsibility. And I do think, I don't know if it will affect them, but I'm, again, I'm just very excited to see how they handle a situation that the organization has not been in really since the middle of September in 2016. And um, a lot happened, but they they ultimately fell out of the wild card race. But this is going to be a very fun and exciting finish with a bunch of young guys, some guys and some veterans that have been there. And we'll see if they can show them the ropes and guide them through what will be some probably pretty stressful times knowing what's at stake. But uh, 
I'm excited to see it. Sorry, I didn't answer your question about Sandy, but we can do that as well. Yeah, it's okay. No, I think it's just a big start. I think this is the last thing we'll talk about here is just Sandy, who is, um, it's been a interesting year. I don't know one word to describe it other than maybe roller coaster because it was a rough first half for him. He came out in the second half. I think he had two or three complete games, the Tampa one, the Philly one, and then the Yankee one, if I'm not mistaken, whatever. He's been great in the second half, and he's kind of hit a bit of a speed bump here. But, no, I just think that for the Marlins to get there, get to where they want to get to, and Skip has said this about a guy like Lazardo, I think it also goes for Sandy Alcantara because no matter what happens, Marlins get to the postseason – I think he's your number one guy that you're going to roll out there. I think you're right. Um, I would go back to what Kelly said. Obviously, you guys have both talked about beating teams that they need to beat. To me, Sandy Alcantara needs to come out here and shove this afternoon. Yep. They need to sweep the Washington Nationals, go home, and enjoy the off day. Like, to, man, to give this that is, bullpen. This, a, this, is, oh. this is part of being an ace. This is a responsibility right. of being an ace. Like, you get on that bus this morning, the Nationals don't have a chance. You know, like, oh, I'm going to take care of business. We're going to do this quickly and efficiently, and this is going to be very businesslike today, and I'm going to make sure that my team wins the ball game, whether it's 5-1 to one or one nothing, right? I'm not going to – they're not scoring on me. So that's going to be Sandy's responsibility down the stretch, and a very frustrating season for him will all be worth it if he's spectacular and this team gets into the dance in the final three and a half weeks. Take us home, Kelly. I mean, there really isn't too much more to say. I think that – there's a lot of guys who are going to be tested. As Kyle said, it is human nature to look at your phone and do that stuff, but that's the part where you have to be mentally stronger. And as much as it's human nature, you got to do your best to really focus in on what you can control, focus in on what they're doing right now as we sit up here and have this podcast on your early work, focus in on your drills, focus in on batting practice, focus in on the things that you can control the difference between those stars who perform, it's not that they step up to the challenge, is that they're so focused mm. and they're so confident in what they've always done that they just do what they've done in the big moments. They don't try to overperform. They just say, okay, I'm going to keep doing what's made me successful. And that's what they got to do. They got to focus in on themselves, focus in on what they can control. All right, good stuff, guys. We hope everyone shows out to the homestand. It's an important one again as we uh, chase for this last nationally wild card spot, or as Kyle said, and I think we all kind of agree, who knows what happens. You can get the second one, the first one. We still got a lot of baseball to play, but very important and exciting times in the 305. So we hope we see you out at Lone Depot Park for all the support uh, that this team can, uh, can get. We'll talk to you next week on Long Toss, and 